You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cattle Call Podcast with Jim and Rocco from Zentech Consultants. I am Jim, your host with the froggy voice today. And with me, as always, is my partner. It's Rocco. Rocco. Still just playing Rocco. You didn't give me anything more. Give me your EO response. So you know what that means, Rocco. That means your punishment comes. Huh? You've got to listen to the oh, no, engineering no. joke no, of the week. No, you're going to have to no. guess in on this? He, oh, he's got to suffer through it, too. It's your fault. Right? Oh, so here no. it is. Engineering joke of the week. How many software engineers does it take to change the light bulb, Rocco? Two. Wrong. None, because that's a hardware issue. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, the worse they are, the more I enjoy them. All right, folks, we'll move on. All right, so we have a special guest on the show today, uh, Mr. Matt DeBazio, uh, estimator, construction technologist, and just kind of all-around general digital anarchist, uh, has returned to talk to us about playing the pricing game in the modern construction world. Um, for those of you who don't remember, Matt works for P. Agnes Construction Management. Uh, and despite knowing and working in the past with Rocco and I and being on the show, he keeps coming back. So, Matt, thank you so much for being here again, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm glad to be here, guys. Uh, you don't give yourself enough credit. <laughs> hey, listen, I have Rocco telling me all day that I just need to stop talking so much. So I assume between him and my wife, I'm developing a complex. So, all right. So, Matt, why don't we, uh, why don't you start off? Would you tell our listeners about what you do at, at P. Agnes and how much time and effort you personally wind up putting into the, the pricing conundrum uh, that we all face these days? Well, I, I have to say, I still love that term, the digital anarchist that you guys used, although on the construction tech side of things, I try not to impose anarchy if I can help it, <laughs> uh, more, more of an organized chaos, I guess. But these days, I spend just about all my time, or probably 95% at least, in the estimating and pre-construction world, and really the entire job there has shifted to the task at hand, which you mentioned uh, it's getting a handle on the pricing conundrum in today's environment. Mm. Yeah, which is not an easy thing, right? And with that in mind, right, it was actually Matt who suggested the title for today's show, though he did second guess himself a few times. But I loved it, so we kept it. It's called The Price is Wrong, um, which I think is just brilliant. And and I think we're going to make Rocco talk to us all about getting our pets spayed and neutered at the end of the show. So be ready for that, Rocco. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so but th this is an important topic, though, right? And, and since it's one that I hear about on a daily basis from just about every single one of our construction clients, uh, you look, you're the pricing for structure, you know, the pricing structure rather for everything right now. Uh, and, and it has been for like 18 plus months. It's been a yo-yo on a really fragile string. Uh, yeah, this is a far greater problem in the construction space than just about anywhere else. And yes, I mean, it's even worse than, than those miserable gas and oil prices none of us want to pay. Uh, you know, there is still a huge chunk of this industry that works in that traditional, you know, design, bid, build process. And, and when prices are fluctuating like they have been, 
it's practically impossible to effectively bid jobs. Uh, you know, construction projects can have years of lead time. Uh, and, and guessing where, you know, the insane steel and lumber markets are going to be in two years, it, it's just next to impossible. You know, the, the, the COVID epidemic and the shutdown of major ports and rail lines across the world for over a year have created backlogs of just you know, historic proportions, right? And major players in the construction world are paying insanely high prices for materials which in a lot of cases just puts them out of reach for, for you know, most small and mid-size GCs. Um, so, so Matt, you know, supply chain issues have been a real big topic in the news. How have you seen it affecting, you know, your construction jobs that you're dealing with? Well, Jim, I think you gave a pretty good summary of the, the current state of affairs with a couple of key points in there. So first you mentioned uh, oil and gas prices. Now that's not <coughs> the same as the materials or equipment that we're talking about in construction, prices for those items. But those increased energy costs still have a huge effect on us mm. since everything has to be transported. Right. But even things like heavy earth moving equipment or certain kinds of tools still run on gas. So those things can be affected as well. Uh, the other thing you mentioned is the impossibility of bidding projects accurately in current conditions. While it's not impossible per se, the bid proposals that we put forth can have a lot of what-ifs baked in regarding the cost and schedule. I would argue that the design bid-build method, the process that you named, is yeah. probably the worst method of all for owners to get the best value for their projects. Yes. But that, that could be another podcast episode altogether. We'll save that one for another time. Sounds good. <laughs> but those who choose that method must understand the additional risk that may be baked in due to the guesswork that, that you described. And they certainly should be prepared to move quickly on award after the review and, and the contract process. I've seen a lot of owners who are using sort of their traditional linear process of bid, scope, review, approve. And in the end, it could be costing them money or time if they can't do so in an efficient manner. So I think my takeaway here is that owners should really consider a more integrated project approach or at least selecting contractors based on you know quals and fees sort of a, an rfp process and then using a more iterative estimating process to keep everything on target and to nail down the cost and schedule yeah i agree i mean you know the, the integrated project delivery methodology i've been saying for a long time you know in the next 20 years that's all we're going to do because the you know the other process the design bid build is it's just it's outdated and i think that the these prices are going to be the death knell for it They're, well it's this just, crazy you, you you may have a, a really good point here and we what we learned in 2020 is that there was a lot of things in the construction industry in particular that got forced into the future because of the situation we were in well um, people might learn that the situation that's occurring now might might force everyone to rethink uh, the contract structures so yeah. that IPD where it's not commonplace now it may become very commonplace because people want more predictability yeah Yep, it's, 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 I think that's the way it's going to have to happen. So, so Rocco, in, in terms of when you're dealing with clients, right, how often does the, the pricing issue and the back order problems come in and come up in conversation when you're talking in general with our construction clients? You know, it doesn't really come up that often, to be honest with you. I mean, where, you know, people call us to talk about technology and how to solve, 
technology problems and and be more efficient with technology. But I think in the back of people's minds, it's, well, let's reach out to a firm like Zentech because we need to be more productive. We need to to, to, to be quicker at what we're doing. Um, to, to, so it, it's it's almost like... Uh, it's almost like they're 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 fighting against a wave, right? right. And so, what right. what options do they have for kind of trying to combat what's going on? And and I think one of those uh, solutions is is to become more productive and efficient through the use of technology. Yeah. Right, so, trying to counterbalance those costs. That makes sense. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So you know, I I think because. So, yeah, I, this was a global epidemic, right? That, that, that there are a specific set of materials that have really become major problems for pricing, right? Both on the high and the low side, because they're behaving like roller coasters. Um, you know, some items come primarily from specific regions of the globe and getting those shipped reliably and cost effectively to the U.S. Uh, you know, it's been, you know, next to impossible, right? Well, you know, while some of those materials are dropping, right? Even as we re record this podcast, they're dropping dramatically. There's no guarantee that with all the crazy going on in this world, that they're not just going to jump back up even higher tomorrow. So, you know, Matt, are there any materials or items in particular that you personally experienced difficulty getting for you, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the most important items have lately been mechanical equipment and electrical components like really crazy long lead times there and and those those items uh really drive uh some of the schedule delays that that we may experience for your listeners i would really think about those the important mep components on projects and and try to stay flexible if you can um, even things like <coughs> door frames you know so advanced equipment like mechanical electrical you know obviously but Things like door frames are even of concern due to supply chain issues. You need those to do framing early on in a job, but they might take 12 or 14 weeks to get. You've got to stay in front of it and plan accordingly. I wasn't aware of that. I was aware of the electrical backlog. I wasn't, I really wasn't aware that there was such a problem on the mechanical end. See there, I learned yeah, a thing today. It depends on the equipment, but, um, in, in our market, you know, we do a lot of healthcare work, uh, laboratories, pharmacies, things like that. So some of the mechanical equipment is kind of specialized. So it's not an off-the-shelf unit that's sitting in the warehouse. I mean, some things are, but some of these, you know, semi-custom air handler units with, um, with different components, sometimes it's the components themselves that drive the lead times. Uh, sometimes it's just the demand, you know, um, stunted supply and, and an increased demand that once the economy got cooking again last year. But um, yeah, it's, there's, there's some kind of oddity in most, most any area that you look at. I just used mechanical electrical and door frames because they're easy examples, but I mean, you name it, man, glazing, yeah. <laughs> steel. Yeah. It's, it's, nuts. it's crazy. Okay. So, you know, look, you know, while, while COVID was, you know, I think a major factor, obviously, right, in all of these price, price fluctuations and delivery de delays, it's not the only one. Um, you know, things like, you know, the war in the Ukraine and then, you know, national and international political discord and, you know, long-term neglect of needed infrastructure and a and hundred other items um, are, are all kind of taking a toll on our ability to price and estimate construction projects. Uh, and, and now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely not going to get into the blame game here today. 
saying it was, you know, this guy or that guy or this country or that party. But but the truth is that that things like inflation are really, I think, hampering us as an industry uh, during what should really be one of the biggest growth booms we've we've had in history based on the massive infrastructure spending that the, the you know the the federal government's pushed forward in the last you know year and a half um so so you know matt inflation right that, that's another real hot button term these days uh, how has construction been affected by those price increases <laughs> yeah it certainly is a hot button term along with some of the other topics that you that you mentioned there but there's there's other terms that get thrown around also, uh, you know, hyperinflation or deflation or stagflation. Uh, now, I am not an economist, or even am I very smart at all. He'll, so I'm not going to try to explain. On he plays one on the podcast. I'm not, <laughs> not going to try to explain in depth what each of those things means. But I think most of us <laughs> focus on the first one, inflation, which we correlate with increasing costs of things, and that's clearly visible in our construction industry and really everywhere. But the other terms should maybe get some notice too, uh, because I think that the cycle we're experiencing now could change really, really quickly and surprise just as much. You know, you mentioned a couple of questions ago that some of these items are dropping even as, you know, we're we're here talking together yeah. and there's just no guarantees. It's very unpredictable. So I think that's just something else other than the inflation. Um, you know, keep an eye on on kind of the reverse uh, cycle as well on certain things, because that could, that could affect things in, in additionally negative ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, when you, when you're bidding on what you think is going to go up, it, it makes a big difference when it drops through the floor. It's, 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 like you said, it's a roller coaster. It's crazy. All right. right so, so now you're, yeah, yeah. Then, then the owners are not, um, you know, they're not upset because everything's costing more than they had allotted for. Now they're upset because they, if they had waited, they got yep. in a better they have gotten it in a quarter of the cost. So, Crazy. yeah, it's, it's a no-win scenario. Um, all right, so let, let's take a, a quick break here to hear from today's sponsor. Uh, and when we get back, I want to get into how Matt and the folks over at P. Agnes are effectively addressing these pricing issues. All right, so stand by, folks. We'll be back in just a minute with more of the Title Call Podcast. All right, everybody, today's Cattle Call Podcast is being sponsored by Solid Space. That's Solid Space with a three instead of the E at the end. Um, Solid Space is a uh, QAQC analysis and variance reporting solution. Uh, it compares your 2D and 3D design models to your construction site laser scans. And what it does is it will identify to within a 16th of an inch uh, any construction errors or misplacements as they occur, we can generate the reports that you're going to need to see where you have flaws in the construction site within 12 hours instead of waiting to find out about the months down the road when it's going to cost you 10 times as much to fix. All right, look, folks, you know, a slight variation at the beginning of any job can cause countless delays and cost tens, even hundreds of thousands of dollars in rework over the life of a construction job and solid space will help you avoid that. So Rocco, why don't you tell folks what, uh, how do they find out about Solid Space and, and how they can get working with us? Yeah, you can actually hit up our website, of course, zentechconsultants.net. You can see sample variance reports there if you'd like to take a look um, and reach out to us. We'd be happy to set up a demo. The demo is really not that long um, and we can talk through any of your questions or concerns. Um, so hit up our website, check out, the, there's, there's an awesome video that, that Jim did. 
Always He's awesome when Jim does it. Oh boy. <laughs> so check check out our website. Give us a ring. Uh, 866-824-4459 or drop us an email sales at zentechconsultants.net there you go solid space folks trust me when i tell you that this is the one system that everybody out there who's in the construction field you need this one all right everybody welcome back to the cattle call podcast we're talking with matt debasio of p agnes construction uh, about the impact of fluctuating material prices and delivery delays and you know the impact they're having in the construction world. Um, and in the first half, we talked a bit about the why of the fluctuations, right? Um, and in this half of the show, I want to see how Matt and his staff are addressing the problems in the real world. Um, you know, this is the kind of problem that's hurting us all. Uh, and I really think that sharing some some best tips here is necessary for all of us individually and then for the construction industry as a whole. Um, so, so Matt, what can you know project stakeholders, right? The owners, the GCs, and so on. Uh, what can what can they do, and what are you doing to reduce the impact of these pricing and scheduling difficulties? Well, I think that's a really good question because sometimes I think we feel very handcuffed. You know, there's not much we can do about the situation. Um, it, it puts everybody in kind of a really bad spot. But the one thing I will note is that. As a CMR, subcontractors <coughs> and vendors have been pretty strict about their pricing hold periods, and so we must carry that forward in our proposals. And so I think, you know, kind of sticking to that and letting everybody know that uh, you do have, you know, the clock is ticking once you get a, a quote. So sticking to that and, and being um, consistent about it is one thing that we can do. The, the result of that, however, has been some repricing uh, and sometimes several or many times because the clock kind of expires on on the hold period, so right. we have to we have to redo it. That's also not a great way to drive value on a project, yeah, similar to the design bid build process. Uh, but as far as back order items and, and schedule, we just try to provide the most current snapshot of what the time frame looks like based on all the items and how they fit into the schedule and, and build it in, and paint that picture. And now it is sometimes shocking or or disappointing to see when the project might actually be completed based on those time frames and how everything fits together but we have to be realistic so you know some of those really important items you just can't you can't complete the project without them you can't build everything else and then wait i mean there's you know there's code issues there's inspections that things have to fit into place so uh for those stakeholders that you mentioned uh, just you know everyone be as forthright as possible, you know, with setting expectations for the project, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? And for us and, and for any subcontractors or trade partners out there, just try to provide good info for, for all of us that we can pass along to the client so that they can make good decisions. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes down to communication and honesty, believe it or not, it's what it's going to help us all through this. Really um, important at this point, right? We have to build up that trust so that you know we don't we don't feel like we're we're stepping on each other's throats, or we we don't set expectations that are unrealistic and and break promises, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, you don't you don't want to be that guy who's just going ah, it'll come down. We're going to underbid everybody else by you know eighty percent, thinking that everything's going to drop. You don't want to get caught there; it'll ruin your whole company. Um, yeah. So yeah, all right. So yeah, I really I I, I think there were kind of two two different sides, I guess to this discussion, right? There's the, the, the pricing and the estimating side, which, which Matt just kind of explained. Um, but I think there's also a design side discussion that needs to be had here. Um, you know, I think that you know, designers, right? Both architects and engineers 
have a responsibility to their clients and the industry to look at the items and the materials that they're using right now and can you know consider changing their kind of you know tried and true processes um, for something that's actually feasible in today's market. You know, look, I, I spent years as a designer, um, and, and I know that a certain firm may love the look and performance of, you know, aluminum windows, but if there's a three-year backlog on aluminum shipments, <laughs> you know, you, you need to seriously look at specking vinyl. Um, you know, if, if steel prices are five times what they were a month ago, maybe you want to look at, you know, laminated beams instead. Uh, you know, and, and look, I know there are design folks out there who are, muttering under their breath right now. They're, oh, it's not my problem. That's the contract. Yeah. Yeah. I promise you, it will be your problem when all of your clients shift to that integrated project delivery process, right? And, and the design firms that take costs into consideration for their clients. If you're not that guy, right? You're going to be a design firm with no clients, right? And if that's the case, they don't need designers. So yeah, that is your problem, Okay. So, so Matt, what, what, what can project owners and designers do, right, to, to reduce the impact of, of cost increases on, on projects? Well, that's, that's a great question. I also think it was a pretty good summation of what the design side may be facing right now. We talked about integrated <coughs> project delivery as maybe something that's going to become more important as people realize the situation that we're in, you know, to increase predictability and to drive value on their projects. But I also think it's good that you're kind of asking the question, you know, traditionally, you're right, it has been our problem as contractors, right, to figure out how long it's going to take to get things and then to make it all work together. But um, I think so just taking the example of the mechanical electrical components on projects, you know, I would advise designers to try to stay flexible if they can. So if we know that those are really critical items and they're right now, in my recent experience, they're experiencing the longest lead times um, and they're really important. So if designers are aware of that, you know, you be willing to change or open up the spec to maybe yeah. seek the best availability for the requirements of, of that stuff rather than just best cost or, um, you know, you know, whatever, whatever other reasons you might spec something, but keep it open. So, you know, I've done uh, on a couple of occasions through talking with subcontractors, worked up options or ideas to improve the schedule or, hey, we can get this a little faster, but it might cost more and present those options to the owner so that they can make educated decisions. But um, the designers only really get involved when we we go back to them and say, hey, can you check this out? Is this going to work? Right. But, you know, maybe get in front of that a little bit and, and come up with some options on your own, knowing the situation. Um, and for owners, I would think, you know, a few things that can be done would be, you know, think about pre-purchasing equipment or materials uh, if you can. Um, that doesn't sit well sometimes with subcontractor bidders because a lot of times they make uh, a, a lot of their profit on, you know, ordering materials and then delivering them. So you take that out of their contract and now all of a sudden it's not as, as attractive, but um, that's one way to smooth out the, the issues with, with obtaining the, the stuff you need to build. Uh, another option for owners would be early release, right? So if you know, you know, the longest lead items on the project, that this is really what's going to drive your schedule. Think about separating a package and, and cutting that stuff loose first 
to get in the in the queue, so to speak, right? Now you're in a line with a hundred or thousands of other people to get that item that you need, but you want to get in the line. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Otherwise you're going to um, be, you know, 18 months behind everybody else instead of just six. Yeah. And yeah. so I think those are two strategies that owners could use um, to maybe, to maybe improve their chances of, uh, of a more successful project or at least more predictable in this, in this environment. But getting back to what I mentioned before, one of the things is just that the process, you know, be prepared to, to either pull the trigger or if the project falls apart for some reason, just, you know, be, be honest and forthright with everyone, just like I was advocating for us to be with them. Yeah. What's going on with the project? When's it supposed to go? When are you supposed to award it? What's, what's holding you back? Can, can we help in any way? But the, the, the slow process definitely, I don't think, helps. Yeah. Now, it, it all comes down to speed and getting it done as quickly and as accurately as you can in this day. Um, so, you know, Rocco, do, do, you know, when, when you're talking to our design clients, right, architects, engineers, um, you know, are, are they actually concerned with, with the changing costs of what they're specking or do they still most of them tend to just figure out ah, that, that's the GC's problem? <laughs> they're concerned they're just struggling to to keep up with everything you know um it, you know i think it comes down to productivity I, I, again from from a lot of their perspectives it's not, not a daily discussion um but when it on you know on a few occasions where it does come up it's uh they're just they're so swapped you know they, they feel like they can't get their heads above water so that's that's a problem in itself, right? And just trying to find staff and you know people that are willing to work and work hard. Isn't it great? We we have no staff, no materials. We can't tell what the price is, and we want the jobs done tomorrow. Awesome! What a great place to be working in right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is crazy. Uh, look, folks. You know, so I, I I am not working active construction jobs on the daily anymore. Um, and I figured, you know, while Matt was here. Um, you know, I get more of a, a real-time look at, at the pricing market, I guess, as it stands today, right? You know, reading papers and trade journals like I do, it only gets, gets me so much info. So, so, Matt, what are the materials or items in particular that, that you've experienced very rapid increases or anything notable as far as the most increased building components recently? Well, I already kind of went over the mechanical electrical stuff, so I'll, I'll lay off of that. And and truthfully, the price increases on those things wasn't terribly notable. I mean, I think the you know if you look at the numbers, um, at least the, the the numbers that they're feeding us, you know, the published numbers on inflation rates, um, I would think that those are probably close to the average. Mm -hmm. But things like um, flooring materials, right? Anything that's made out of vinyl, so VCT, right? Sheet vinyl flooring, um, luxury vinyl tiles, all the rage now with um, with designers. But the vinyl is a petroleum product, so that gets back to the yeah. <laughs> the the item that you're talking about with oil, right? So it's not just transporting it, but actually manufacturing it. Those products are made from petroleum because they're a form of plastic. Yep. So that was one thing that's that's. Uh, increased certainly and also you know it's it's tough to keep up on the increases um we recently got a a, a nasty gram from from a supplier regarding glass and glazing products right so it's the glass but it's also aluminum for storefront and framing um i, I think i mentioned doors and door frames yeah. door hardware um those are those were things in the past that you know it, four to six weeks that was it's it was 
so cookie cutter, you you know, you could set a clock by it. You order it, you get it in that time. Well, now, not only the time, but the increase. I, I think that's one of the, the lesser discussed items. So you, you asked for notable. Um, I want to say door hardware had increased by like nearly 50%. That's, that's a crazy wow. jump, right? So that's a lot. Those, those, are, those would be my notable <coughs> items. <coughs> all right. Yeah, sorry. I had to mute myself to cough. I apologize. Um, all right. So look, you know, I think you know, without question, the hardest part in, in all of this conversation is in, you know, where we are today, but where we will be tomorrow or, or six months from now. Um, and, and that's when the costs are going to come due and, and the over under pricing items that far out can bounce you uh, from competition on a bid or, or leave you bankrupt and unable to deliver or just annoy the customer so they never work with you again. And any of those um, outcomes is a nightmare. Knowing what's coming is it's a bit of guesswork mixed with some uh, prognostication, I guess, um, all of which are kind of beyond my limited brain. But that's why Matt is here. So, Matt, given, given all the difficulty and the uncertainty, what does or what do you think the future holds and, and how do you, do, you know, arrive at those those conclusions? Well, I'm certainly not a prognosticator either. And predicting the future is difficult. So, you know, you're asking about um, what does the future hold for for this industry? Uh, I mean, that might be easy as easy as picking the winner of the Super Bowl this year. But uh, I think Wait, some you of mean the it's not going to be the Giants. <laughs> Probably I, I, I think I can I safely say who is not going to be the winner of the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up with you guys, and this is not a sports talk radio. So, um, But when it comes to making predictions about what's going to happen in construction, I mean, you guys brought up <laughs> a, a couple of really great points, right? So, you know, is there going to be a shift in uh, the structure of contracts in order to try to gain a little bit more predictability in in a very uncertain world. Um, I've often been thinking, at least recently, about, you know, some of the lean concepts like just-in-time delivery. So the supply chain, if there's disruptions or if it's, you know, just outright broken, you know, is the system itself broken? That's how everybody has learned to operate for the past you know, 40, 50 years, you know, just in time was, that was a, a core tenant of the Toyota Motor Corp's manufacturing philosophy, right, with lean. Yeah. So we've been operating that on that assumption for a very long time, and now all of a sudden it's broken and it's screwing everything up. Um, I also think, you know, you had mentioned the possibility of swings in prices. So not, it's not just inflation that we're talking about, but also deflation. And I yeah. think that it's very possible that in the near future, we might actually see both inflation and deflation. And now I know that seems like almost, uh, you know, an oxymoron, you know, how can that be? Somebody out there might say, well, they're, they're inverse or opposites of each other. How can that be? Well, I think what we'll see is the common items that are manufactured, you know, repeatedly manufactured or rather simple to manufacture, we can maybe expect discounts on those items uh, in the form of deflation. <laughs> but some of the specialty items where it's made to order, you know, just-in-time delivery, custom parts, they don't manufacture anything until they know exactly what what they're making, a la the air handler units or the electrical switchboards. Those specialty items will continue increasing due to all the factors that we that we previously discussed. Now, one of the factors that I think 
um, we don't know is how much inflation will we actually have, right? That's one of the contributing factors to the prices question. Um, it will, inflation meaning will be probably hard to control um, unless there's some extreme tightening in the, in the financial, you know, the central banks and thus plunging us into a recession. Some of the other, uh, some of the unspoken factors, you, you had mentioned political turmoil, but something like sanctions, right? Yeah. That also affects the pricing and availability for some of these materials because they're coming from overseas. We had the transfer switch that comes from Belgium. Um, you know, I, I read a story recently about the, the Nord Stream pipeline uh, was being, it was a planned shutdown. It wasn't a shutdown like because, you know, somebody's mad at another country or something, but they had a, a, a turbine that needed to be repaired and they sent it to Canada because there was a company that specialized in, in either the, the turbine itself or the parts that were needed. And the the company was technically not able to return the turbine back into operation because of sanctions, oh. right? It's, it was a jurisdictional thing. So it, it almost seems like some of these psychological and political problems that, that you had alluded to earlier that are going on in the world, you know, sometimes people are looking for reasons not to cooperate. So... I felt like one of the messages I wanted to to convey here in the discussion is, number one, cooperation between all of us that are working in the industry, owners, designers, and, and contractors. But also, you know, that you asked me for my prediction or my prognostication. I think it could be very different still and, and happen pretty quickly. You know, uh, there's this thing called the bullwhip effect where – um, it just swings really, really hard in the other direction. And it's all a supply and demand game, right? There was, I think, some artificial demand created last year. Once things got cooking again, there was some stimulus, the infrastructure spending that you mentioned, right? So that artificial demand uh, outweighed the stunted supply, and that led to the conditions that we're seeing now. Well, you know, people tend to be reactionary. So the people that are manufacturing uh, materials say, oh, well, man, we have all these orders that we can't fill. We've got to ramp up production. Or, you know, some of the uh, the supply chain issues that get resolved, such as the cargo ports, things like that, all of a sudden, now that stuff's available. Well, <coughs> now you have an oversupply, and thus prices will come down. Right? The supply catches up due to the reactionary nature of suppliers uh, based on the artificial demand that was created, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I just think that there's um, there's more turmoil coming. I, I think that's my my prediction is that it's very uncertain, but it might not be in the way that everybody expects, where it's just going to keep going up and up and up. It might it might swing hard in the other direction, and everybody's going to be sitting around scratching their heads on that one too. Yeah, folding a lot of stuff. Going, what do we do now? And it's 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 such an intricate system. It's crazy how it all interacts. Um, yeah, it was in perfect balance until uh, until about two years ago, right? Every, everything was running smoothly, and we almost took it for granted, the, yeah. the supply chain, that just-in-time, right? It was it was revolutionary, and it made all of our lives pretty uh, pretty easy and convenient. We could get whatever we wanted whenever, and uh, and now that's not the case, and it's it's tough, man. Yeah, now it's having a huge impact. So, all right, folks, so that that's not a particularly happy topic for our industry, I guess. Uh, but but I hope that Matt's input on today's episode of The Price is Wrong, uh, I hope that at least helps everybody start thinking proactively, right? And moving your 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 bidding and design processes in the right direction. Um, so Matt, before we wrap it up here, is there anything else that I was just too dumb to ask you about that, that you want to talk about today? 
Well, you did bring up uh, football season and, and Super Bowl, the NFC. So other than that, I think you covered everything, Jim. There you, you go. Did a good job, man. Nice, cool. I've really enjoyed being here. As always, thank you guys so much. Yeah, I man, we really appreciate you taking the time, right, to answer all our questions. It's always a pleasure to have you on, sir. All right, so we're going to get out of here, folks, and we will catch you next time on the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, everybody, today's Cattle Call was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. Uh, Zentech Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms to help our clients purchase and implement the software that they need in these complex industries. Uh, we provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentech strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So, Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net. Or you can even call us, 866-824-4459. Excellent. We look forward to hearing from you all.